Amen. Thank you very much, Brad. That's awesome. Um, whew, I'm a little nervous, so just give us a minute here. Um, I'm not normally this nervous when I get up to speak, so I am kind of an, a little bit in, in anticipation of what God might actually do this morning, probably based on those nerves. Um, you might notice I've got a couple of props going on here. I've got my little helmet, a couple of bikes over there. They are props only today, all right? So just to give you a bit of a, you might get a bit of a vibe of what I might be speaking about today, but I am going to share some stuff quite personally, and um, I guess that's why I'm nervous. So uh, let's go, hopefully go for a ride. I'm just going to try and get this, no, not a ride on our bikes. Good point, Taj, yeah. Um, So I'm hoping, that's mirroring, look at that, cracking on. All right, so I should be able to do that do this. Look at that. Don't you just love it when technology works, folks? How good is it? All right, so those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Corey, and um, I am actually in education. Don't hold that against me. If you've had an experience with a teacher that really gave you traumatic experiences, that was actually my mother-in-law. And when I applied... Yeah, that's correct. When I applied to go to university to become a teacher, she wrote me a long letter telling me why I shouldn't. That's how much she hated teachers. Her experience wasn't good. So... Part of that's been a good inspiration for me, actually, to not be one of those teachers. Um, Contrary to some local newspaper article that says I am the principal of Pine River State High School, that is not true. (laughs) Although I am in leadership and I'm over at Ferny Grove State High School and it puts me in a place where I get to meet and talk to a lot of people um, in an exciting way. But however, that's not going to be my message today and what I want to talk to you about. Um, You might remember this little slide from Kirk, those of you that were here last week, this is where Kirk finished off part three and I'm doing part four of Kingdom Life and Kirk really just asked me to share my story around that little blue box there, the interests area, thus the motorcycle theme because I actually have some interest in motorbikes if you hadn't already guessed at some point over the last little season as you got to know me. Um, And this morning my hope is from talking to the Holy Spirit leading up to today, that you'll have an opportunity today to ask God to empower you with a divine opportunity in your everyday. I'll say it again. I feel like God wants you to ask him to give you divine opportunities in your everyday. So that's where we're heading. And hopefully throughout this message, that's what's going to unpack. Excellent. It's working. First time doing this for me. So All right, I thought I'd start with uh, that little bit there with the significance of the cross and that little Bible verse there because actually this Bible verse changed my life. Uh, I was 15, I'd had zero to do with the church at all. Um, Apart from the fact that I was um, homeless and staying in a homeless shelter that was run by the Baptist Church as an outreach program, but also as a service to the community, a bit like our Mercy Centre that happens there. And it wasn't preached to us all of the time, but part of it was we'd rock on up to church on a Sunday night and they would share things. And this message came up and this was the Bible verse. And I just reinterpreted that. And I'm going to read it, but I'll put my words that I inserted when I gave my life to Jesus. For God so loved me... That he gave his one and only son, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Now, obviously, you can imagine in the Baptist circle, there was a bit of fire and brimstone and I was going to go to hell if I didn't respond to this, okay? You can imagine that that was the case. And, you know, that's a method of leading people to Jesus and it is actually true 
It's not a lie, but possibly not the best way to lead people to Jesus through fear. Um, But for me, it wasn't about fear. I actually went, oh my goodness, God loves me. I was short on love. I was homeless, of course, so my parents obviously didn't make me feel loved, and I felt loved by these people, deep love. So fast forward on, it changed my life very quickly. I stopped smoking, I stopped hanging with the wrong crowd, I even put my name down and started teaching the Jive Kids. Well, we didn't call them Jive there, but I started teaching the Jive Kids on a Sunday morning. I learnt the Bible really fast, okay, my prayers were pretty funny. People used to laugh at my prayers because I was basically, you know, a month-old Christian leading kids to know about Jesus. It was a very exciting time, actually, and... um, I was very excited about who Jesus was and could be in my life, and I don't think I've overly changed on that. That's part of my personality. Um, My first friend that I ever led to Jesus, so some people say I'm an evangelist, and when when (laughs) when I actually go through, you know, you can do those personality things about Christians, and I often come out as an evangelist. Um... I don't think I'm really good one-on-one leading people to Jesus, however. I tend to be a bit um, worried that they're going to reject me, which is pretty funny because they're not rejecting me, they're just rejecting Jesus. And the first person I ever led to Jesus was this friend that I'd spent a lot of time with in relationship, and he basically begged me, what do I have to do to, to have a life like you have? He had to beg me, and I was like, oh, I probably could have gone there about three months earlier. He was desperate to become a Christian. Lovely man, still in touch with him now, and on fire for Jesus. And I was just really slow. I missed the moment, okay, in that fear of not telling. So that was my first opportunity to lead someone to Jesus. It was pretty awesome. We were at work, and, you know, we prayed, and he cried lots, and I cried lots, and it was just one of these amazing moments uh, where my friend, who I'd spent ages with, became a Christian. All right, fast forward on a little bit. And this, um, Kirk had this one up, the vineyard distinctives. We are naturally supernatural people. But I've chucked my own photo in there because I got to spend a bit of time with some of these people. You might notice Faz is up there. Um, But you might also notice that um, Ange and Robbie Dawkins are there with their little boy. And I travelled around for about six six weeks with these guys and got to learn the in-between from being fire and brimstone Christianity um, to... Being able to follow the Holy Spirit's leading and ask him for something that I could deliver to somebody that's from God that would impact them and have a meaningful time in their life. Robbie, that time with Robbie was quite transforming for me and how I understood that I talked to people. Scary at the same time, because I was a little bit scared to tell people about stuff, but I learned that I could rely on Jesus. Kingdom conversations, we called them. And um, you can see there, if I read what's written up on the screen that we're supernatural in a natural way. So there was a real challenge there for me in that, that I didn't have to do church programs, I didn't have to run lots of ministries, which I tended to do lots of, and get really, really busy doing God stuff. I could just be me. What a challenge. I'm not real good at that. I'm really good at saying yes to doing things. I'm a doer. Um, I'm going to go to this next slide, because it actually unpacks a little bit about 10 years ago for me and it was around the time Robbie was around and um, so I was going through a bit of a, as often happens when you join the vineyard, a a change of um, understanding of who you are in God. So my identity was being changed 
And uh, it, was, it was hard. And this is a bit out of Ecclesiastes. I love Ecclesiastes because it actually, I felt a lot like Solomon was in this point. Now, if you don't know who wrote Ecclesiastes, it is King Solomon, the second of the kings of um, uh, the Israelites. And, and David, David was his father, King David, the line of David. And um, Solomon built the temple. Solomon asked for one thing from God, and that was wisdom. And this is a piece of his wisdom that he shared with us. So that first one there, meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. He was known as a teacher. People came from all around the known uh, world at the time, the, the civilized world, to get wisdom and advice from Solomon. He was the man. Meaningless, meaningless is what he unpacked. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. That's how Ecclesiastes starts. So if you want to go into the book of Ecclesiastes to be inspired by God, it's possibly not the place to go. Possibly. Unless you read right to the end, because at the end he says this in Ecclesiastes 12.13. He says, Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God, keep his commandments, and for this the duty of all mankind. For this is the duty of all mankind. Now basically he's saying, live for God. And he basically says, out of everything that he's seen, whether you work hard, whether you clean everything, whether you build a beautiful house, whether you... doesn't matter what you do, all of that stuff that we do on earth is meaningless. And God is the only thing worth being a part of or doing. How big a challenge is that? So if I ask you in this space right now, every single person in this room, how much of your time and energy is focused on God's stuff? It wasn't for me, trust me, as I'm going through this little patch of time, I was very challenged. I actually was struggling with depression for the first time in my life. It might have been a change, I just hit 40, all right, and uh, I don't know, I didn't quite have the energy to do all of the yes things that I was doing, but I was also starting to see that things that I'd started had fallen away or stopped or people had stopped seeing, loving Jesus or following, I started to feel this meaningless thing going on in my life. I didn't have any reason to. I had three wonderful boys, an amazing wife, a successful job where I'd been incredibly successful. I'd even managed to fly around the world winning competitions with these students and doing amazing things. I knew Jesus. I knew he had a purpose for me. I loved Jesus. I knew Jesus loved me. God loved me. And yet I was unhappy in here and in here. For the first time, I could actually relate to someone who might want to, um, you know, commit suicide, end it all. Not that I wanted to do that, but I could relate to how someone could get to that point. It was an interesting journey the Lord took me on, and maybe as I look back, I can see why. Chasing the wind. Life can be a bit like that. What are you investing your time and energy into? My boys might say I spend too much time on my phone. I reckon these two boys might just say the same just over here. It's hard, isn't it? Technology, we can spend too much time. Actually, I think my wife would say I spend too much time watching uh, the NRL on KO. So here's the challenge for me coming out of what Kirk spoke about. and He really resonated with me and he actually brought me up in his message last week. What are my interests other than work? And um, I love people. I really do love people. I love talking about how Jesus made a difference in my life. So there's my heart, straight up. And I knew how to follow the Holy Spirit's leading and see 
what was happening. So in that period of time as I'm moving through that space, I met with Robbie and learned how to do that a little better. And so something changed in my life and, and it was around my um, 45th birthday. So you're getting a bit of an idea of how old I am. Really old, boys. And um, this is my first motorbike. I'm 45 and my wife bought me a motorbike for my 45th birthday. And it actually has changed my life a little bit. Now, I want to be really, really clear. I am not idolising motorbikes. Please don't hear that. Um, it just, and to start with riding that thing, I was in constant prayer. Jesus, keep me alive. I think I'm going to die. Pretty much how it felt. Um, but I felt alive again, so maybe there was a bit going on in that space as well. And I really started to connect with Jesus, talking in the everyday all of the time. It was really quite an amazing six months or so as I learned to ride a motorbike up and down mountains and all around. Um, and, you know, we fast forward on a little bit, and this is, I only have three of the things, okay, I maybe have a bit of a problem in regards to not being able to let go of the old ones, um, but they're, they're, is, they're all there for a different reason. The amount of people that have learnt to ride on my first bike, which in the previous photo you see is black, has now become green, okay, so I spent a little bit of time playing with them, but a lot of people have learned to ride on that motorbike, and the amount of conversations that I've had with people, relationally has been priceless for me. My own son's learned to ride on it. My own wife's learned to ride on it. Um, there's others in the room that have learned to ride on it. Okay? And um, that's been great. And then I bought the really big bike, which is sitting just over here, and realised I was riding it too much, so I had to buy another bike to go to and from work. That's, you know, what you do. Um, but in all of this time, as I ride just about every day and I ride on weekends, I am following Jesus. I'm building a life with Jesus, and I've started inviting people to that place. So it's, it's not just a vehicle, it's a metaphor for a vehicle. Um, doors have opened with people that I wouldn't normally have opened. So there's a good little verse here about something Jesus did, and I relate to it. Put your hand up, see the photo that's there, tell me what you see the first time you see a bunch of people riding around on motorbikes that look like that. What's your first thought? Anybody got a first thought? Yes. Outdoors? That's pretty cool. That's what I love about it. Oh, outlaws. Okay. I took that with my filter. <laughs> so, yes, outlaws. You know, the media, you've got to love the media, just like they think I'm at the principal of Pine River State High School and I email them and tell them that I'm not and they don't even change it or fix it. They're happy with their story. And that is part of what that is. And that group there, I was very specific in grabbing that. That's uh, God Squad going for a ride. Now, I've been with the God Squad, I've gone and visited them, and it was the scariest thing I've ever done, because I'm talking to blokes that have just come out of prison, standing around a fire drinking a bourbon, about Jesus. Opportunities. I have an interest. Let's have a read of this. This is something Jesus did, right? After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector. They were like, they were like outlaws. In the Jewish community, because they worked for Rome, they didn't work for the Jews. By the name of Levi, sitting in his tax booth, follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up and left everything there and then and followed him. That's pretty bold, straight away. And then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors, more of the scum, were there, right? More of the scum. 
and others were eating with them. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law, all the godly people. So everyone thought, right? Who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples. Why do you eat and drink with the tax collectors and the sinners? This is what Jesus had to say. It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. You see, if all I do is church and church programs and church ministries, I'm not getting out to that. Now, I love church. I love church ministries. I love being here and I love being involved with some of the people in this room. Okay, that builds me up, gives me the energy um, singing worship, that last worship song, oh man, it melted me, Hannah, melted me. That builds me up for my week and I can go back out and keep being in the world. Kirk used this slide last week and it has been my observation and it's pre-COVID. It didn't need COVID for people to feel this. This bit where Aussies are lonely. Did you know um, the suicide rate in men is off the charts still? Thanks, Brad. Nine a day. Get, blokes, get your bums out and watch, watch some TV with Brad and the guys at the movies. Now I need to turn up now that I've said that. Um, we need to get together. We are lonely. In a world that's full of so much information and distractions, we're still lonely. Isn't that interesting? We're watching um, a TV series on SBS called Alone at the moment. Some blokes didn't even go one day before they freaked out inside their own head. It is amazing to watch the conversations these blokes are having inside their heads. We are generally quite lonely, and it's not just men, okay? So, ladies, I'm not excluding you from this conversation. And as I meet folk and go for motorcycle rides with them, it's what I experience. Now, it's been raining for a little bit, and I don't know if any of you have been out on the roads, but there have been a lot of motorcycles out this weekend, like a lot. We went riding with a group of friends that I hadn't seen for a while, and 10 of us turned up yesterday. I haven't been on a ride that long with a group, so for ages with a group that large, and it was just an impromptu get-together on a ride. Everyone was like hugging each other because we hadn't seen each other for three or four weeks because the rain, we just didn't ride. It was quite interesting to observe. Now, we even had a couple turn up late who were like, they saw the post on Facebook and joined in last minute um, because they didn't want to miss out and hang in with people I hadn't seen for three or four weeks. Isn't that interesting? So this is us, often on our rides, and that's a bit like what it looked like yesterday. We didn't actually park next to each other, so I didn't take a photo yesterday. And, you know, this is, you'll see this, if you go up any of the mountains nearby, that's what you'll see. Bunch of blokes, and I'll talk about what we do in a minute. We stop for views, which is that first photo with the blue bike on that side there. That's at Mount Me, looking at the mountains. It's just beautiful up there. So you're riding through the mountains. What are you thinking about? Well, you've certainly got time to do some thinking. And that's the moment. We hop off our bikes. That's that soft moment where people are a bit philosophical about life for us. And we stop to eat few food. So I'm following Jesus. I'm building a life with Jesus. And I'm using my hobby or my interest to invite others along. I didn't even invite for yesterday. Someone else did it for me. How good's that? So here's me and my lovely, lovely wife. She'll kill me because I've thrown a photo of her up on the screen. I've had a bonus that's come out of this. I've spent time with my wife, quality time. 
We've got comms in our helmets. She's probably sick of me talking to her all of the time while she's trying to have a, a lonely moment across the top of the mountain and talk to God. I'm gibbering away as I talk into her helmet. <laughs> we eat food. We go to amazing locations. And we get away from the hassle of the city. And we often spend time talking about God, what God's doing with our family. And we pray. Well, I certainly do. Not all the time do we pray together. I'm following Jesus in my relationship with my wife. We're building a life together with Jesus. And we're doing it together. It's pretty powerful. I love that. It's, it's um, just, just, I want to be really clear here. My wife actually likes riding motorbikes more than I do. That's why she bought me a motorbike way back when. Um, surprising, she loves it. She's pretty cool. When we ride, we often end up, well, this time of year, it's freezing cold, so you pull into a cafe and we find a small table and a pile of us huddle around it. Now, that could be a prayer meeting, couldn't it, in any coffee shop? I've got to tell you that um, at that table right there, there is a group of folk that would never, ever step foot into this building at the moment. Not a chance. They believe that going to church is going shooting at the shooting range on Sunday. That's their church and they want nothing to do with church and yet they know who I am and they know how much I love Jesus and I'll talk a little bit more about that but I'm building a relationship with them it's these two guys here that I'm actually talking about I've got a bit of scripture here that I want to share with you but because of the last four and a five years just going and hanging out on motorbikes with these guys. I've been invited to weddings, been invited to birthday parties, and I've been to funerals for their loved ones. You know you go to a funeral not for the person that died, right? You go to the funeral for supporting the people you know and love. Well, that's my approach. I go to support the people that I know and love that have lost someone. Now, it might be, sometimes it's been my turn and people have come and joined me because I've lost someone. So I have a read of that as I read along. The third day, a wedding took place in Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Now, we know what happened in that story, right? Pretty sure we all do. What happened in it, Benji? He did. He turned water into wine. Actually, he told his mother off first. Mum, it's not my time yet to do this stuff. Mum's like, I don't care. Make it happen. Good mum. She knew. She had faith in him. You know, yesterday, I wish I was as perfect as I say I am. I, I stand here very humbly in front of you and say, I am not perfect. I like to ride motorbikes and I try to bring people into it and I try to find a spot to talk to Jesus, to them about and how important he is in my life. Yesterday, the coffee shop we went to didn't have it, the F-Post machine running. That was my chance to turn water into coffee for free. I didn't take it up. So I joked there a little bit. I think if Jesus told me to try and turn water into coffee for us all to drink, I'd have a crack at it and I'd be prepared to be silly in front of them, but I'm kind of thankful he didn't, if you know what I mean. But we certainly had God conversations yesterday. Following Jesus building a life with Jesus myself personally and inviting others to get involved. 
Yeah, some more. This is hanging with a couple of mates. Now, you know both of those people. One of them was up on the stage. Johnny Woodrow, he's moved out to... Um, oh, whoop, whoop. We won't see John too much because he's got a girlfriend at the sunny coast now. So hopefully we'll see him every now and then. But you can see we eat food. We're not, we're not outlaws. We go and eat food. We're getting fat. All right? And as we do that, we have fun, we talk. And gee, it's such a privilege to have my son ride with me. Scary at the same time, by the way, because I know how, you know, people can have accidents on motorbikes and it really hurts. But gee, it's wonderful to go for a ride with him. Following Jesus, building a life of Jesus, and building relationship as I invite him to it. Here's those two mates again. They've kind of become family. They really have. They really have. We message each other, we talk to each other. The bloke that's closest, I know everything about his new house that he's just built. I would not know these guys or have any respect or credit with them in any shape or form if I didn't invite them into an interest in my life. I love these guys. Really do. I'd love to see them say yes to Jesus. We talk about Jesus and they're still not interested, but they know where to come if they want to talk. And they do. They do. I've just got to let Jesus do his thing. I've got to let Holy Spirit do his thing. Kingdom conversations, one ride at a time. That's where I'm at. So this is me last year, and I've started to do these things where I get involved in um, um, causes, and that's at the Distinguished Gentleman's Ride, over 400 bikes. We're doing one next Sunday morning, so I won't be here along with Shane. Shane's joining me and his lovely wife. It is next Sunday. I'm glad, I'm glad I've informed you. <laughs> but um, it is a cause for men's health and suicide rates. We go to that and we try to raise funds to try and secure programs that help with men's health. And a lot of the funds, um, I know a couple of the things the funds go to, it's local in Brisbane and it's where men get together and they talk and feel connected, feel supported and not alone. At that ride I met doctors and I met lawyers and we talked about all sorts of different things and guess what, in every single conversation I had Jesus came up and they probably think I'm some crazy Jesus person but I just simply talked to them about going to church and how I feel okay, I don't feel alone. And God makes a big difference in my life. And I'll leave it at that. I don't tell them that they need to bow and become a Christian on the spot. I mean, after all, we were writing for men's health, so it's an easy opportunity to talk about, right? Um, I've done, you know, the Be Mad rides where we go and get blankets and food for the homeless. All good stuff in the community. People, th- these, these outlaws, by the way, and they, some of them are outlaws. You're bang on, right? But I've been with these outlaws to some of these rides. They are tough, hard people, but man, they've got a half a community. Church, at times, we fall way short of our outlaws in our community in that regard. I've ridden with 400 bikes, taking blankets in a collection, filling trailers of blankets to go to the homeless in our Brisbane community. That's just amazing. And there were a lot of people that I thought looked like outlaws. When I talked to them, they sounded like outlaws. I'm not sure. They could be just coffee-drinking people like me. I don't know. Following Jesus, building a life with him, they're both personal, and then inviting people into those spaces through my interests. 
So I'm going to come back to this slide. Well, there's a photo of me on my bike, being very illegal without a helmet on, of course. Because it's cool to not have a helmet on, take a photo. The vineyard, those of us here that attend here, that come here, that call this place our home, that align with the vineyard values, we are naturally supernatural people. And he works through us, his miracles in the everyday. Has done through all of history, and it's through us that he brings his kingdom. We go about our natural lives. We pray for healing when we get a chance. I've had a chance to pray for my friends out on bike rides. Scary thing to do. A bunch of blokes all wearing leather. And I try my hardest to listen to God and what he wants to say to people that are around me. It's scary. So I'm going to ask you right now as you're sitting in this room, what are your interests? And I'm going to list off some that I've seen from folk that are in this space that I know. I know that there are folk in here that love to. This is an easy one because it's my wife. She loves to sew and make things. And I know she had someone over on Friday and they spent time relationally together and did exactly that. How good is that? She just loves sewing. I know people that love to do up cars. That's a, that's a whole other field that's a bit like motorbikes. A whole pile of people want nothing to do with church. But man, if you've got that gift and that love of that, why not? I know people who play laser skirmish. Opportunity left, right and centre. In fact, I'm going to go one past that. I know a friend who doesn't come here. He noticed a, b- a bunch of young adults in his church that were starting to disengage and drop out. Boys, men, young men. He thought, what can I do to engage these guys? I'm going to get a gel gun. He bought a few because he could afford it, and he invited them along, and they started playing with these gel guns. And if you follow us on Facebook, you'll see some video of my wife using a machine gun, gel gun on his back deck. And he has those young men over at his place. They pull apart the guns, and they rebuild them, and they go and shoot each other with the gel guns. Now, some people might not like guns, and sorry, Kirk, if I'm not meant to mention guns from the front of the stage, but it is a hobby and an interest that these guys have. And he's just got these people re-engaged and they're coming to church and he can talk to them at church. How good is that? I know that there's uh, a man at this church who plays rugby league, he loves rugby league and he even coaches a football team and I know his wife would take every opportunity she could supporting that to have those kind of kingdom conversations. I know it. Boom. You might like going and watching the football at Suncorp Stadium. I know there's people in here that like to do that, inviting their friends along, having a beer and talking about Jesus and how bad their team is playing because it's the Broncos. Uh, what about meeting others at the coffee, for a coffee after church at the wheelhouse? What about computer gaming events? My son, he loves that. Gets a bunch of people around, sitting at tables, playing games, all sorts of stuff, but there's opportunities there to talk about Jesus. Board games, playing board games with your friends because they like to play games. I look at this table set up in the middle, which is meant to um, draw us into this, invite people along to our interests and hobbies. That does nothing for me, that table, because I don't have the gift of hospitality. I love going to someone who's done a table like that. Happy to be invited, by the way, if that is your gift. But for others, that inspires them. You beauty, that's the idea. 
It is the season, Vineyard Church of Pine Rivers, to be inviting others into our lives, to reconnect. Jesus lives. Who is becoming our family? Because some of us don't have family around. I don't. So those relationships become my family. And this piece of scripture right here is the one bit that's missing from the Old Testament that we now have in the New Testament. And if I was to give anybody some homework, it was to kind of dispel or discredit what I'm about to say. What is missing from Solomon's writings in Ecclesiastes is not only lots of things in this world are meaningless, but the one thing that's not is relationships. And I think Jesus modelled that and he walked that out in his time on earth. The early Christians were clear. Jesus' death and resurrection made all the difference in the world and to the world. It was a quote from Kirk last week. So I guess the invitation for each and every one of us today, and I believe that's the invitation right now, is to be desiring to invite God into that next interest that we're at or doing and being a part of. It's easy to feel too busy. I nearly didn't ride yesterday with my friends because I feel busy. I'm so glad I took the time to give them a hug, to see how they're doing, to chat in a physical space rather than digitally. The temptation is that we think we're catching up digitally, isn't it? There's a temptation there. We're not as, as effectively as we are when we're in the physical. So, the challenge is, do you simply attend your next event that you go to, your interest, or are you there with your heart, listening to the lead of the Holy Spirit and trying to follow his lead, and to talk to others about how Jesus is actually transforming your life? I think that's our challenge, church. So as I wrap up, I guess where my headspace was at, how to finish today's uh, time together, was to ask the Holy Spirit to come and to challenge us what that might be, to speak into our hearts. What is it that we're interested in? What is it that we can invite someone in to? And that we can share our walk with God with in a non-threatening way. So I'm going to pray right now. Come Holy Spirit. I just love how you've made all of us so different. Holy Spirit, would you just open our hearts to hear from you right now? What is it that you want us to invite others into? Would you give us the strength? Would you give us the courage to do the invite? Would you help us to set aside the busyness of our lives 
or even our own selfishness. Oh, Lord, I know that is me at times. Our own selfishness. And would you just speak to us right now about what it is that you want us to invite others to that's in our interest? And go in with a heart and a mind listening to you and your lead about how we can do kingdom life in the natural with those that we love and know from our community. Mm. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I think as um as we end the service now and our time in the formal together, I'd like if anybody feels that they really want some prayer about um that, they feel they've got some blockage or they're really struggling to break through or even in this little quiet time that we just had now, that they didn't hear anything. I just want to encourage you to come out the front so that the others in here, not just me, the others in here can lay hands on you and pray for you and um, encourage you. It might be that you're afraid. You already know what it is, but you're gripped with fear and you want that broken encourage you to come forward and um, we'll pray for that so yeah if there's anybody in that space right now just i'd call you um, to come forward now and we can pray for you don't be afraid to be the first um so yeah um yeah come on down if that's you yeah Thanks. Thanks, guys. Mm. All right, church. Well, as, as we wrap up and, and I'll let you go, um, could I just ask a few people to come down and start lay hands on these guys and pray for them? Um, you're welcome to come join. And um, God bless this week. I just uh, hope you have the most amazing time connecting with people. And um, hope we see you. Well, I won't see you next week because I'll be off on a ride, but I see you in a couple of weeks' time and um, hear about your amazing time out with other people. All right, God bless. Have a lovely uh, week, folks. <laughs>